Uh, hi, Supergirl Radio. This is Jeffrey. I'm a, I'm a long-time listener, and I'm a, I'm a big fan of Supergirl and your show. I love hearing you talk about uh, every, every episode, and I love that you're talking about Supergirl Rebirth. I've been, I've been really enjoying Rebirth and especially enjoying Supergirl Rebirth because it stars my favorite superhero, Supergirl. Uh, I just wanted to briefly explain the thing with uh, Superman, and I, and I want to be really quick because it, it doesn't really have much to do with, with Supergirl. So Superman that's flying around right now, he, he's not the Superman from Earth 2 or Earth 3 or anything like that. He's, he's actually from a uh, continuity that got erased. Uh, he's from uh, the time period between, I believe, uh, Crisis and something called Zero Hour, which I, I don't really know much about, but uh, he, he came back during uh, Convergence, where um, I think Brainiac or, or one of Brainiac's henchmen was, was storing worlds from erased continuities in, in bubbles. It was really strange. But he, so he's, he is Superman from Earth-1, but he's, he's Superman from Earth-1 from uh, a comic book universe that no longer exists. He's, he's, you can think of him as 90s Superman. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed listening to, uh, listening to you talk about Supergirl Rebirth, and I'm looking forward to hearing you, you talk about upcoming issues, and I'm super looking forward to the second season of Supergirl on the CW. Uh, thank you for an, an excellent uh, show and an, an, an excellent uh, conversation. And I look forward to more. Welcome to Supergirl Radio Rebirth. I think that's what we're going to call this uh, series of episodes. Uh, your source for Supergirl Rebirth. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Carly Lane. And I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are going to discuss and review Supergirl number one, which was written by Steve Orlando with art penciled and inked by Brian Ching. The description for this issue reads, quote, Reign of the Cyborg Superman Part 1. Supergirl is back and working for the DEO to defend National City. As Cara Danvers, average American teenager and high school student, Supergirl must balance her life as a superhero with her new life on Earth. But some demons from her Kryptonian past are coming back to haunt her. And Kara will find herself face-to-face -face with her father, the sinister cyborg Superman, unquote. Uh, so, Carly, what did you think about the differences in Kara's Kryptonian life and her new life on Earth? We, we, we saw some parallels and some flashbacks and some present-day stuff. Um, so what did you think about uh, the way that they were trying to um, show the differences in her, um, her past and her present? Yeah, I liked 
the way that the comic kind of juxtaposes, they do the flashbacks to Krypton and then cut to National City. She's going to National City Technical High School and they basically go back and forth between like racing on Krypton and like Kara in gym class and the ball deflates when someone hits her with it. Um, or like being in class and, you know, uh, she can't figure out how to get the projector to work. Like, cause it's so, you know, outdated technology. It's like so obsolete compared to what's on her planet that she's like, I don't, this is, you know, this is, uh, might as well be a stone tablet, I think is what she <laughs> says, which is really funny. Um, or like she overhears people saying, you know, oh, like she, she can't or like, how did she even get into this school? You know, um, I mean, I kind of feel bad for her because she's she's basically uh, overqualified to be in the school. But yet she gets, you know, ostracized because she's different and everybody's like, oh, she's weird. Like. Although I think there's one character that was kind of like, huh, you know, she's interesting. I think uh, I think his name was Ben. Mm-hmm. He was like intrigued by her. So I thought that was kind of cute. But I mean, basically, she doesn't really fit in at school. She uh, doesn't really know how to kind of balance, you know, I think she's having trouble like blending in, um, which is basically what they want her to do. Um <laughs> But I feel I just felt bad for her because I, you know, I think she's just having trouble adjusting. So it made me feel bad. Sometimes I, I don't I wouldn't think that she would have a hard time, but but she would. I mean, like all of us do, sometimes we have a hard time fitting in. Um, Morgan, what were your thoughts on uh, the the juxtaposition of Kara's Kryptonian past and her her earthly life? Yeah, I thought that was really interesting, too. I liked the way that they toggled back and forth, and they would show her, you know, doing so well in her science class on Krypton. And then she'd be like, how does this laptop work? Uh, and stuff like that. I thought that that was really interesting and a way to show how much she's struggling on Earth and, and how much harder it is than she expected it to be. I thought some of the stuff in her school was weird. I didn't – maybe it's because I don't remember um, the issue before this as well but i feel like did they establish this high school she i think was just going to the school i think this was like our first big look at the uh technical high school yeah because i feel like i want to know so much more about the technical high school they were like ew how does she get in here and i was like is this a different kind of high school like I don't know. Like she just went. Like I didn't realize it was like a a high school that you had to, I guess, like kind of test into, and that it was supposed to be for like really smart people. And and so I felt like I'd kind of missed a step there. And and I, the one the one character in the high school that's like, oh, she's interesting. I want to know more. And then she kind of just like takes off. I was like, are we gonna see this kid more, or I, like are they setting something up? I felt that was like a little disjointed. Like I wanted to know, I wanted that to be more established. I feel like they, they were sort of just using it in a, like a long line of like ways that car is not doing all that well adjusting. Um, but I felt like I had missed some stuff. Um, but I thought it was interesting that the crypt uh, the Krypton flashbacks I thought were really interesting and, and, and showed how hard it is for her to, 
to sort of adjust to her new life and like adjust to the Danvers and like when the Danvers are like, look at here, we we redid our house just like Krypton. She was like, oh, this is so lame. This is like 200 years old. I can't deal with this and like flies out and they're like, should we just like deploy ourselves into a war zone? Would that be easier? (laughs) I thought that was a little ungrateful of Kara to be completely honest it was like they've they've obviously tried really hard to help you adjust here and then you totally dismissed it like i know she was having trouble with everything but i was like they they're trying to help you you could at least acknowledge it i was like "Mm, she's a little ungrateful there um but i i think you have a fair point in in feeling like you missed something i I i think we are supposed to understand that this is a school a special school that maybe um people do have to be qualified to get into um is a good point um and something that i had never really thought of before with supergirl like there have been comics where supergirl comes to earth and she has to learn english so that wasn't a surprise but they make mention that um some of the kids are talking about how they can barely understand what she's saying because of her accent. And that was something I never thought of before. Like, I was like, oh, well, she would have to learn English. But for her to sound different from them is something that I, I was like, what would her accent sound like? Like, now, yeah, I, now I want to hear that. It's, it's always about the Kryptonese for you. <laughs> oh, yes. I'm very into the language. I, I, I'm, not, I, I'm not very good at languages. Like, don't ask me to speak French uh, even though I, I took four and a half years of it, uh, <laughs> I, I can only tell you that I'm going to the beach in French, Je vais à la plage, uh, but it has no application. I, I don't, <laughs> I, can't, I can't really say that very often. Um, but the, the accent thing I thought was really interesting. Um, and we sort of briefly talked about the Danvers, but there there's a big scene where they are at the National City Mall and they're having dinner um, what did everybody think about that? Carly, what did you think about the interaction with the Danvers? I, I feel also felt bad for the Danvers because they're trying so hard. Um, you know, and and I thought it was really sweet. Like, they're trying, uh, um, Jeremiah says, oh, we've been trying to learn Kryptonian. But then it was really funny because they didn't have it down correctly. So, like, some of the words, the translation words are, <laughs> are off. Um, yeah, I, I will so, be addressing that later. Yeah, <laughs> but, it was, but it was, you know, and I think they're just trying to help. Like, they're trying to um, make the living room into, like, something that reminds her of home. And she's like, yeah, it's 200 years out of date from, <laughs> from like, what she remembers. Um it was one of those things where she said, you know, it's not going to, it's never going to feel right here for me. And they're just trying so hard to like make her feel at home. Um, but I like too that the end, even though she kind of speed runs out, he basically says, uh, you know, there's no manual for like raising a Kryptonian teenager. <laughs> and, you know, and Eliza makes a good point where she basically says, we just have to keep trying. Like, no, no parents get a manual. So, <laughs> yeah, that's true. I felt bad for them because they were just clearly trying to help. Morgan, what did you think about uh, the the family dinner at the mall? Yeah, I I liked how they were like, 
we we learned crypt, uh, Kryptonian or Krypton. What is it? Kryptonian or Kryptonese? You I, know this. I, I think of this as uh, if they're speaking it, it's Kryptonian. But if you're reading it, it's Kryptonese. That's how I distinguish it. That seems logical. Okay, so they were like, we learned Kryptonian for you. And then they're talking to her and they're like completely mangling it. <laughs> and she's, I just thought that that was so cute. Like, I mean, wait, like super props for trying. Like, <laughs> I, I don't think that I would learn crypto. I could learn Kryptonian. I know that Rebecca has, but. Oh, I, but. I would not be, I would be just as bad at, <laughs> uh, at speaking it as Jeremiah was. But I thought it was so. It was, I thought it was so cute because um, I was reading. I was reading, kind of skim, like going through the comic pretty quickly. And I read the first panel, and I didn't like. It didn't sink in until like the second panel, where I was like, "Oh, they're like completely off." And it's just like a couple of words that they're off on, but it's like they're like they're funny words. It's like, "Ooh, that doesn't sound right at all." Yeah, and. Uh... The the thing that I, again, going back to the accent, Kara suggests that Jeremiah's accent could be better. And I was like, what is what is the accent? What do they sound like? Um, but, okay, so since we're talking about the Kryptonese, I, in this Rebirth series, I have been, and there were two issues into it, I am very frustrated with the use of Kryptonese in these books because when other writers have used it, it's actually been very rewarding. Like you, you see the Kryptonese and you're like, cool, I can translate it. And then you, it's, it's almost like that scene in A Christmas Story where Ralphie, he kind of gets the, the drink your Ovaltine message. That's how I am when, Kryptonese, when Kryptonese shows up in a comic. I'm like, ooh, I'm getting out all my tools. You know, I got to get my, my alphabet, uh, you know, my, uh, my uh, language alphabet up. I got to get my, you know google doc up so i can type everything out i'm ready to go and so it's very rewarding in some of these other stories where you can figure out what the words are and you've you've discovered something that you didn't know there was there was new information in the kryptonese that wasn't in in other parts of the issue so you like you discovered a secret thing and so that's really fun that's why i like doing it but here in these and i know that Part of the reason that the Krypton, uh, the Kryptonese is so mangled is probably because Jeremiah is not speaking it well. So I, I guess that's why I haven't, like, when I've been translating it, it a lot of it makes no sense. And I, I go over it two or three times to make sure that I've got the letters right. But so, for instance, like, um, it would take too long to read all of this stuff. Um, but so like the on page 17, the third panel with Kara's eyes closed, it it I got W-E-W-E-E-M-O-N-U-O, well, the word U, and then Candace combobulate Kryptonian when any you feel nauseous, key make you ood feel like it just none of it. It's like incomprehensible. And I just, I feel like, me as a reader, I would like it if the Kryptonese made sense. Because then I feel like all of that hard work and all that time and all that effort that I spent into translating and decrypting that, it would pay off. 
And I understand uh, from from a, a tweet from Steve Orlando, he says that there's like some new grammar that's coming into play in some of the way that they're used crypt- uh, Kryptonian and Kryptonese in the in these rebirth issues. But I don't understand it. So if anybody is listening to this and can help me out, I'm very uh, frustrated because uh, it doesn't really make any sense. And uh, I feel like it should. So uh, there is that. Um, And if anybody wants to compare notes, let me know. I've got all of this written out, all of this typed out. um, And some of it makes sense and some of it correlates with what is in the issue and what's in the panels. But a lot of it's a bunch of nonsense. So I hope at one point in these books it will will start to pay off. And we got to see a a familiar friend uh, that had not been introduced in uh, these issues so far. Uh, we got the introduction of Cat Grant in uh, Supergirl Rebirth. So, Carly, what did you think about seeing Cat Grant in this issue? She very much reminded me of our Cat Grant on the TV show, which I thought was really funny. I was like, oh, look at her. She's so snappy, like <laughs> snazzy. And um, it's funny because I don't know. I'm not super familiar with her. Uh, in other comic incarnations. So I don't know if this is basically just like her, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, she very much reminded me of the Callista version, like even just the overall look of her. Yeah. She did sort of have a lightness of Callista. So I thought that was cool. Um, Morgan, what did you think about Cat Grant uh, showing up at this train robbery? Yeah. I thought it was great that we got some Cat Grant and just like Kari was saying, it was it was a very close to a Flockhart kind of Cat Grant too, where she sort of had the same look and like the same attitude and was just like, Oh, I had this covered Supergirl and Supergirl's like, but I saved you. <laughs> uh, I thought that that was pretty great. I, I loved seeing her in the, in the comic. I didn't expect to see her at all. And they talk about earlier when they're in the high school too, they talk about like the Cat Grant, like science award or something that they're going at, like a science fair or something. I thought that was kind of interesting or, or some sort of like some sort of award that they're going after that has her name on it. So I thought that that was interesting that she's got like this huge foundation or like this huge uh, media company. It seems like um, in this universe as well. Yeah. And I hope that means we'll get to see Cat come back uh, if, if she is, having something to do with the war this thing that somebody wants to achieve hopefully she'll show back up um i was a little confused by cat grant showing up in this issue i didn't really understand what the robbery had to do with her and then she just kind of disappeared like she she talks about how um so like cat tells supergirl that she had the robbery under control until she showed up and i was like but i don't understand like are they what, are they going after her somehow? Like, was she going to give the robbers some information that they didn't have? Like, how did she have that under control? And uh, I, I didn't really quite understand, like, why she was the target of the robbery. I guess there was some sort of, you know, data, some sort of technical information they were trying to get. I, I'm not really sure. Um, but... I did like that it was sort of character correct that she would talk about she you know she tells Supergirl to leave the questions to someone more qualified. I thought that was very character correct for her and that uh, and that she she sort of scolds Supergirl uh, for making the robbers too 
fractured and scalded to answer her questions. So I liked that for Cat Grant as a, like a former reporter and, and maybe, you know, still a reporter in this uh, version of it that she is all about asking questions and getting the answers. So uh, I did like that about Cat. And so, as always with our comic book discussions, uh, what did everybody think about the art in this issue? Uh, Carly, uh, what are your thoughts? It was really fun. Um, I like uh, Supergirl. I think she's like really cute, and I always I love all of her facial expressions. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one right before Cat Grant shows up where she kind of just gives the eyebrow, <laughs> like she's like, "What?" Um, it's really good, and that or even just like she's remembering um, her father on Krypton, and there's a panel where she's kind of just looking very wistful. And you can all, it almost looks like she's got tears in her eyes a little bit. And I was like, oh, poor Supergirl. Mm. Um, she's not having a very good week. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I like that you can still kind of tell that it's her, though, even when she's in the brown wig as, as Cara Danvers. Um, she's still kind of got the expressive face and she's got, sometimes she's got like that pursed lip and she's looking, like when she's looking at a, when she's looking at the Danvers and she's like, um, clear pasta? Like, what the heck is that? <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought it was really fun. And uh, I like that we got to see uh, more of Jeremiah and Eliza outside of the DEO. I thought that was was really sweet. Morgan, what were your thoughts on the art style in this issue? I really liked the art style in this issue. I, I thought it was... Um... I liked that the way that they that they drew her um, and the way that like she just she seemed light like like she was like a teenage character and I liked that um, I thought that the art was really good I liked the the way that they contrasted the um, the Krypton scenes with the scenes in the school and they showed like the, the real difference between the two uh, yeah I really liked the art style in this one. Yeah, for me, I wasn't crazy about the style, but I actually did really like, uh, I know we've kind of been mentioning it, uh, but the way that Kara is, like Kara Danvers is drawn, I I enjoyed her like grumpy and angsty expressions. Uh, Like, for example, on page six and 17, I I really enjoyed uh, the way Kara was drawn. And I liked the way that on page eight, uh, it sort of breaks down Kara's super hearing and how like everything branches out of the panel. Uh, of a close-up of Cara's ear. I, I thought that was a creative way to show that. And I, I like the the colors on page 13 where Krypton is sort of colored um, in a certain way, like with like these warm oranges and browns and yellows. And for me, it sort of made it feel homey, like that, you know, like that was Krypton, that was her home, like it felt warm. And um, But at the same time, it sort of made it also seem sort of run down and, and old, like, uh, you know, Krypton was sort of a, a dying uh, place. So I, I liked the, the way that sort of made me feel on, on page 13. Um, and I also liked the image of Cameron Chase on page 14. She she looks really, like, sort of mysterious and threatening. So I thought that was really cool. And, and I also liked the color on uh, page 19. There's a, there's a panel where Kara says, no matter how hard you to try, you cannot change that. I'm sorry, I will always be a strange visitor. And there's, like, this cold blue... 
uh, in the panel that sort of I, I thought was very reflective of Kara's mood and what she was going through. So I thought that was a nice use of color. And, of course, uh, it, it ends with this nice full-page reveal of uh, Cyborg Superman. And I love Cyborg Superman, so uh, that was pretty cool to see. So even though I wasn't crazy about the style, I really liked a lot of the, the imagery and, and what they were uh, trying to go with uh, for the story. So uh, overall thoughts, uh, what did everybody think of this issue? Uh, Carly, did you like it? Did you not like it? I liked it. The only thing I didn't like was that it made me feel sad for Kara. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I just didn't like, she, she's just feeling so out of place. And I think, I mean, I think that was purposely done because you now we're seeing Cyborg Superman show up and obviously she's feeling very vulnerable. So that's going to be an issue and uh, no pun intended, but um, <laughs> because it is going to be an issue, it'll be next issue. But um yeah, I, I, I think that the idea was to set Kara up so that she was at her most vulnerable, and now it's going to be a, a, a tricky situation for her. So I'm excited to see where it goes, but I was bummed a little bit. <laughs> yeah. It's, I don't it, like to see her sad. Yeah, it's it's tough to see Kara going through something that... We can't help you, but hopefully um, hopefully she'll pull out of it. Um, Morgan, what did you think about this issue? Thumbs up, thumbs down? Yeah, I liked it. I, 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 like uh, like Carly said, it, it, was, it was a bummer to see Kara so sad. And I didn't like to see Kara so kind of ungrateful to, um, to the Danvers. I know it's definitely like a much different relationship they have in this in this series than they have in some of the prior comic series and also in the tv show like they're not really her parents but they are trying like they redesign their house like that's not cheap yeah, yeah. <laughs> that can cost a lot of money it, it, you know there's not a rosetta stone for kryptonian <laughs> like <laughs> that takes effort Kara, like uh, um I, I i yeah i kind of you know it was very teenagery it felt true but it didn't mean that i always like was super into her in this issue um so i think we were definitely supposed to see how much she missed her home and how much she missed her parents and and stuff like that so i'm interested to see how the cyborg superman uh plot line sort of goes forward yeah, I think I would agree with both of you that some of it was a little difficult to get through just because it was like, come on, Kara, you got to you got to um, think about the positives and, and think about what's good in your life. But um, I did think some of it was very touching and moving to see, you know, like Kara sitting at lunch by herself. You know, there there are a lot of things that I can personally relate to about that kind of stuff where you feel like you're an outsider. And um, I think that that's that, I think that's something all. I don't want to assume that all teenagers go through it, but I think, you know, a lot of people do when they're, you know, in high school or in school just in general. And so that's, it's, it's good to see that even Supergirl has to go through that, even though she was acting a little uh, selfish, I felt like some in this issue, but I think she'll probably start to appreciate the Danvers in, in coming issues, hopefully. Um, But I think that's going to do it for our discussion of Supergirl number one. Uh, but we have a listener voicemail this week from Greg, who wanted to share his thoughts on this issue. Hi, Supergirl Radio. This is Greg H. again. Definitely the thing that I like the most about this book is the awkwardness of Kara just trying to fit in. Um, she, you know, the driving test, uh, I mean, she eventually gets so frustrated, you know, her foot slams through 
I'm just not seeing the panel where her foot's actually going through the floor. Um, and that, that's definitely an awkward moment for her because she's having a difficult time uh, paralleling. Um, her peers at school are, are kind of talking about her, you know, to the side, uh, you know, about how awkward they feel she is or you know, how different she seems to be. But, uh, you know, Ben Rubel, uh, you know, he still has highest for her, is rooting for her. I think he's going to be a good character for her. I think it's going to be a good uh, person for her to, um, come, you know, feed off of as as the issues, as Supergirl Rebirth keeps going. Um, but also, uh, there's also something in one of the panels with the train robbery. I just noticed the bottom panel, um, of the, when, as the robbery's taking place, there's a rainbow, like like it's going, you know, like a rainbow going past one. That's actually Supergirl flying by. I just realized that. And I just look at it like, oh, you know, maybe that's the color of the train or something the train is um is moving past. But, no, that's actually Kara uh, flying. Um, and you can just see her flying. You know, that's how fast she's flying. All you see is a rainbow uh, in the sky. And I think that's a really nice effect that when she's flying so fast and you don't actually physically see her, you just see those rainbow colors that she leaves behind, that she leaves behind her as she's moving through the air. Uh, I think that's really cool. Um, and then there's another panel I know where the rainbow is shown again. Looks like uh, as she's leaving Eliza and Jeremiah, um, they're having a conversation near the end of the book, and she leaves, flies off again. And again, that rainbow is there like towards the floor, uh, especially as Eliza is saying, no, Kara. Um, but, um, and then she goes to the Fortress of Solitude, where she meets none other than appears to be cyborg Superman who's telling her he's her father so that's where the cliffhanger uh ends so that's the, that is a cliffhanger so yeah this is definitely a good read and I've already read book two but I'm not going to talk about it because I know y'all haven't read it yet so just let me know when you're ready and I'll definitely get feedback about book two all right thanks Supergirl Radio bye if you've already picked up this issue make sure to give it a rating in Comixology or your DC Comics app if you haven't bought it yet, Supergirl Rebirth number one is available in the DC Comics app, the Comixology app, as well as Comixology.com, Google Play, the Nook Store, Amazon, and at ReadDCEntertainment.com. I totally did not intend for you to always have to like read every, <laughs> like all the big lists. I feel uh, like it's becoming like my special skill, though. <laughs> like I'm going to become like really, really good at it. <laughs> I totally didn't intend for that, but um, you do it very well. Um, and as far as keeping up with us, if you want to contact Supergirl Radio, you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. You can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Google Play and iHeartRadio, and we have become a literal Supergirl Radio on Spotify, so you can check out our playlist there. We are available on iTunes and Stitcher, so if you have time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write a review. And we're a part of the DC TV Podcast Network, so if you also like Gotham, Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, iZombie, the DC Films, and classic DC TV shows, subscribe to our DC TV Podcast Mega Feed and follow at DC TV Podcast on Twitter and like DC TV Podcast on Facebook. <laughs> there it is, two times <sighs> in one episode. Uh, well, you can follow me on Twitter at DerbyKid, that's D E R B Y K I D. I'm also on Instagram if you want to see any of the pictures that I take um, at the Derby Kid. That's T-H-E-D-E-R-B-Y-K-I-D. And you can watch videos I've shot and edited on my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash duckmilkprod. That's D-U-C-K-M-I-L-K-P-R-O-D.
Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at my name, Carly Lane, and I am currently weekend editor over at The Mary Sue, which you can uh, visit at themarysue.com. And you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Mojotastic. That's M-O-J-O-T-A-S-T-I-C. Uh, I write for BuddyTV.com, and I'm also one of the co-hosts of the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. All right. Well, thanks for joining us as we read Supergirl Rebirth.